0: Welcome to the Redbird Review, hosted by Bryson French. Welcome to episode 13 of the Redbird Review. This podcast is your home for Cardinals baseball news and opinion. I'm your host, Bryson French. This podcast is sponsored by The Third Out. So today is July 1st, and it is a beautiful day for baseball. And I could use this time today to talk about a series review or a preview of the next series, um, but that episode would be irrelevant basically in just a few hours as we begin our series with the Phillies. So I'm not really going to focus on that today, guys. Um, but what we're going to do is we're going to take, take today to kind of reflect on the Cardinals. Um, I, would, I don't want to say the whole offense, but some of the more successful um, or more beneficial guys on offense. Some of our incredible players. I um, just wanted to give them discussion give them some praise for what they're doing. Um, and obviously that starts with Paul Goldschmidt. He has the second highest WRC plus in the league behind Jordan Alvarez and in front of Mike Trout. So that's incredible. Um, when you're having the conversation really for the greatest hitters in the game, it's, it's a very AL heavy discussion right now. I mean, I would argue Jordan Alvarez may be the best hitter in the game this year. Um, Others would probably argue that it's Aaron Judge. I personally believe Mike Trout is the best hitter year in and year out. And I don't know if that's really the most controversial point. point. But then you got Jose Ramirez and Rafael Devers are obviously putting themselves in that conversation and representing the third base side of things very strongly. And, you know, Jose is one of the best hitters year in and year out as well. Devers has um, really just come out this year. And... Goldie is kind of like the lone representative from the National League in that conversation with those guys for best hitter in the league. Um, he's the lone National League um, representative. So um, in National League ranks, he is third behind Alonso and Schwarber in home runs. And we know those guys are big power threats. And I think Schwarber just passed Alonso last night and home runs are tied. But anyway, those guys are big power hitters They struggle on other sides of production. Home runs aren't everything. Goldie is second in all of MLB behind Alonzo and RBIs. Um, But yeah, you get into the numbers past that, get into the OPS, the average, like all those things, and Goldie really shows that he's a lot better than Alonzo and Schwarber and a lot of the other hitters in the National League this year. So, one thing I've always loved about Goldie, and this is kind of me getting into why he's having success... One thing that I've always loved about him is he's been able to hit the ball all over the field. Kind of reminds me of Joey Votto like early in his career. And I know that's not a comparison we like because, you know, we're Cardinals fans and we don't like Joey Votto. But, you know, back in Joey Votto's MVP days when he was in that discussion and stuff, he was a guy who could hit, hit the ball to all sides of the field, hit home runs everywhere. And that kind of feels like what Goldschmidt is. And Goldschmidt has always been a very similar style to Votto. I think think Goldie's a better guy. Um, Votto's a very interesting personality. That's a different discussion. But I'm talking in terms of play, um, you know, in the way Goldschmidt hits. You know, he's hitting for high average. He's getting on base. And he's hitting the ball all over the the field. That's really what he's doing so well this year. Um, His percentiles are really good. But he's a smart hitter. And what I mean by that is he's not just, like, raw physical power to where he's, like, in the 100th percentile and, like, hard hit percentage. No, he's more... um, He... I don't know how to explain it. Like, he's not the strongest guy. Obviously, he's up there in home runs. He's incredibly strong. But he's not, like, Aaron Judge at this point in that category. The thing is, though... he's able to hit every pitch that is a mistake so there's no pitch that a that a pitcher can get past him really and that allows him to hit a higher percentage of balls hard because like everybody in the MLB can hit a home run basically and it's just being able to do that more often than the other guys so like everybody has that power you don't have to like Be the strongest of all MLB hitters to get more home runs. Because really, you just need to be able to hit more pitches for home runs. And that's what Goldschmidt does. He's not like, you know, fastball down the middle. I'm going to hit it 150 miles an hour instead of 140. Like, no, everybody can hit a fastball down the middle hard. At least everybody in the MLB can. Goldschmidt, you know, transfers and he's able to hit, you know, you know, the slider away hard for a double. Like, that's where... Goldschmidt comes out, that's what he's been doing this year. He's able to hit pitches all over the plate. Anytime a pitcher makes a mistake, leaving a ball just a little bit over the zone too much, he'll hit it. And, you know, pitchers just can't execute him and get him out. Um, And with his exit velocity, it's actually down since last year. He was at 92 miles per hour average last year, 90 miles per hour average this year. Now, 90 miles an hour is not low. As far as exit velocity goes, it's still still really good. still above the 75th percentile. But, you know, he just hits the ball hard incredibly consistently. He, I believe, was around 48% of the time he has a hard hit ball. Like, that's basically every other time he makes contact, he's just hitting it square. Like, he's hitting it as hard as he can. He's not mis- missing, he's not making weak contact. Um, so that's, I think what Goldschmidt is getting a lot of success from right now. Um, Like, Goldschmidt's even hitting off-speed like nobody's business this year. Like, obviously, he's always hit the basketball great. He's had some troubles in years past with off-speed, and I don't even want to say troubles, really, but just, like, not hitting it as well as the fastball. But, like, this year, he's, he's hitting everything out of this world. He has, like, a 300 batting average on, like, every pitch. Not even, like, not even, like, below below 300 on like sliders or anything like he's just tearing everything up um so that's really what Goldschmidt's doing gotta love that gotta enjoy that um but let's move on now to the next most beneficial player on the team right now and that would be tommy edmund now tommy edmund got absolutely robbed in the all-star game voting i mean it was a disaster and i kind of saw it coming I knew right out the gate that would be the case. If you looked at MLB's stats and their what they put up on the page, I believe when you voted for your All-Star game ballot, you had uh, they gave you batting average, home runs, RBIs, and OPS. And those aren't really the areas in which Tommy Edmund thrives. Like, he's good. In maybe not home runs he's good in uh in batting average and he's good with ops but not great in those things and the things that he's great in would be like runs scored or stolen bases because his base rating ability gets him over a lot quicker and he's able to get in more um the all-star game ballot also doesn't really look at defense and that's another thing that he does really well so yeah he got absolutely hosed and he's been so incredible incredible for us this year he has a war of 4.5 which is just 0.1 behind sandy Alicantara, who has a 4.6 for the highest war in all of baseball so basically that means he's the most valuable position player in baseball sandy Alicantara would be the most valuable player and tommy edmund would be the most valuable position player Um, goldschmidt is right behind them with a 4.2 and that would be tied with Mike Trout for third slash fourth in the league in war so I mean Edmund isn't doing crazy things like Goldie is offensively and that's why he doesn't get his name in the MVP conversation that's why he doesn't get the love and the all-star ballot like those types of things they look like everybody's obsessed with like flashy offense at this point but as far as like benefiting the team and actually helping the team win games nobody's doing it as well as tommy edmund is and that comes down to a lot of things you, you have to consider defense you have to consider base running but he is hitting for average he's being a solid leadoff hitter and like the leadoff hitter is really dying away right now in baseball um but just a guy who gets on base a lot and a guy who can steal bases a guy who gets extra base hits a good amount of time good amount of the time and you know, yeah, he's not going to hit a home run, but with the guys behind him, it doesn't really matter, and he doesn't really need to, because if he does his job, he's going to score with more consistency than if he were to hit a home run. So he does what he does extremely well, and it it benefits his team. Like, nobody's business. Um, But, I mean, he makes up for the lack of offense, and, you know, he's just barely above average offensively when it comes to, like, OPS. Um, but he makes up for that with the insane sprint speed and the insane defense those are the areas in which he's elite honestly like like offense just barely above average scoring runs really good at that but the areas in which he's elite at and you, you can't be the second best player in all of baseball by war if you're not elite in something and he's elite at defense and he's elite at base running so defensively he has six outs above average at shortstop, and he hasn't even been there all season. And he has five outs above average at second base, which, of course, he wasn't there all season either. Um, so between the two, that's 11 outs above average. Um, and really, he goes left and right well. I mean, like, there's no direction in which he struggles, but the, the direction in which he thrives the most is when charging in. He has three outs above average charging in on balls, and I'm not entirely sure how he does that so well. I mean, probably just learned it from Nolan Arenado or something like that, but, like, when he's coming in on balls he has to, has to charge in on, he feels those better than anybody else in the league, has three outs above average. And I would assume that comes with the speed of transfer. If you're running in on a ball, you field it, and you have to, you have to rush things because it was probably a ball that was rolling slower which means it's going to be a bang-bang play at first, right? The runner's coming down the line. The ball is hit pretty slow, so it's going to be close. And so it really comes down to how quickly he can field the ball to transfer and get that throw off. I think that's where he really comes up with the six outs above average that he gets from running in on the ball. I mean, that's six of his 11, honestly. And he he's incredibly consistent. He has a success rate. And... For those of you who don't know, a defense success rate is basically measured by, you know, if a ball were hit to the left of you by 10 feet at 87 miles an hour, you know, how, what percentage of the time would the average MLB player be able to make that play? And so his success rate is 4% higher than the, the others in the league, or 4% higher than what would be expected of him. And so... mean he just gets the balls all over the place like he's left and right they're they're a little bit above average and his coming in is incredibly above average so he does everything so well on defense and with his with his sprint speed more so with his base running it's not just sprint speed like he's he is incredibly fast but he's not like bobby witt jr like fastest in the league he's not even like harrison bader fast he is incredibly smart on the base path like, if you if you were to measure his raw speed, he wouldn't come out on top. But the thing is, when he's base running, he gets incredible jumps when stealing. So that's the start. And then he also, also, he just, like, he pushes and gets extra bases, and he's smart, and he knows when to take off. And we talked about a while back, you know, the base running of our team. We talked about how, like, Goldschmidt is, is a smart base runner. Like, obviously, Goldschmidt's not slow, but he knows when to go. That's kind of what Tommy Edmund has done, and it's, it's the times when you see him go first to third, or first to home, or second to home, like, those things help too. Like, he's able to push for more bases than anybody else in the league, and, you know, it does come down to a lot of speed, but it also comes down to knowing when to go, being aggressive at the same time, being smart, taking good angles, you know, when you're rounding the bag, you have to cut the bag right, you have to hit the bag right, and, Those are all things that he does incredibly, incredibly well. Um, So those are the two true leaders of the team. I mean, you could talk about Arenado as well. Arenado obviously has not, um, I don't know, he had that insane month to start the year. And he was incredibly cold after that. And now he's kind of bounced back into all right. Um, So hopefully Arenado can bounce back but i think we're going to talk about him next probably talk about tyler o'neill again tyler o'neill has really played great but then he got injured so hopefully he comes back from this injury and and picks up where he left off um because i really want to talk about him again and i want to be able to talk about him having the success in the area in which i criticized him on early in the season um so i'm looking forward to that looking forward to talking about those two guys Probably throw Dylan Carlson in there as well. That'll probably be next episode. Um, But as far as, you know, I said I wasn't going to do much of a series preview, or I said I wasn't going to do one at all, but we're going to do a little bit of a series preview. We're not going to spend that much time on it. Um, But the Cardinals do play the Philadelphia Phillies. So game one is going to be Miles Michaelis versus Falter for the Phillies. And it's going to be on MLB Network, so I, I am excited to watch that one. Um, you never know who the announcers are going to be for that game, so it could be really good to listen to, uh, get some good opinions from that, but the Phillies offense, they they went, obviously they fired their manager, they went on the big winning streak, and they went a little cold after that, but they're finally coming back, the offense is getting going again, and, um, you know, Nick Castellanos is kind of breaking out of his slump, and you know, Kyle Schwarber is leading the NL in home runs. And they had this rookie. I forget what his name was. Let's see if I can find it real quick as I'm as I'm talking here. They had a rookie they brought up. It was his first MLB game yesterday. And he hit two home runs in his first MLB game. And he actually was hitting cleanup for them in that game, which was incredible. Um, to have a, uh, a guy you just pulled up in his first MLB game hitting cleanup. Um and then for him to hit two home runs for his t- first two MLB hits. Um, let's see, that would have been Hall. I don't know what his first name is. His last name is Hall. Ah, Derek Hall. D-A-R-I-C-K. I guess that's Derek. I don't know. Derek. Um, so anyway, he's going to be incredible. So basically, they just scored a bunch of runs last night against the Braves. They won 14-4. Um, so their offense is going to be one to look out for. But I think we have... A solid advantage in the pitching matchup this game obviously miles has been our best pitcher he's got a 2.57 era still and then falter for the phillies is 0-2 with a 4.5 era so we can jump on the pitching i think we can score enough runs michael should be able to hold this offense off enough to where we can get it i would be excited for this game it's going to be good um it's going to be a good series really in general but but yeah i think we can take that one at least saturday will be Liberatore versus Gibson. Gibson has had some struggles, but I've always liked Kyle Gibson on the mound. Um always been a big fan of his ever since he came over from Texas. And I feel like this is going to be another solid matchup. I think this one will come down more so to the offense. Um kind of just be an offensive showing. Can our offense step up to the level of the Phillies offense? And you know, the Phillies are without Harper, but they're still trying to make a run for their for their division as are we. And so you know, it's going to be a good matchup. I I would really like to see some good games here. Sunday, probably moving back towards a pitching matchup here. Uh, Not so much offensively dependent as the last game would be, but Sunday's game is Wainwright versus Zach Wheeler. Zach Wheeler is 6-4 and with a 2.89 ERA, and he is really calming down. He has pitched incredibly well. I went and saw the Phillies play the San Diego Padres a while back, and Zach Wheeler was on the mound, and he just threw a gem of a game. Honestly, incredible. And so Wainwright on the mound for the Cardinals, 6-5 and with 3.07 ERA. I think this is going to be a pitching matchup. I would expect the Phillies probably to walk out with the win here, unfortunately. Uh, I mean, Wheeler's just really good. Wayno has had some milder struggles recently. Um, this is the game, I think, that the cardinals are going to struggle with the most so i would keep an eye out for this one now the brewers in the meantime i'm not going to go over them very in in much detail but they do have a series against the pirates pirates are an interesting team they have a lot to be excited for they're playing pretty well right now for the pirates this year and it's really just the excitement for them like they've had three players this month hit hit three home runs in a game um I mean O'Neal Cruz is on fire. I mean they got young guys stepping up here and there, and it's really just incredible. I don't know if it'll translate translate to wins for them against the Brewers, but the Pirates are a team to keep your eye on, and I think they could give a brewer, give the Brewers a hard time in a couple of the games. So that would be good, um, good as well. But it's, I mean, the Brewers aren't playing a team like the Phillies, so we definitely have the harder of the two series right now. Again, as it, as it normally seems um after that though we will go to Atlanta on Monday July 4th um hope you guys have some really fun stuff planned for your July 4th and the Brewers will play the Cubs so the Brewers I mean the Brewers just get break after break after break it seems I mean I don't know when they're going to be done playing all these teams that are (laughs) um just not the greatest um but yeah the Brewers did have a decently successful series against the Tampa Bay Rays this past week, um, I mean, Josh Hader was incredible in that series. Got some saves there. Um, for us, our last series, we played the Marlins. That was a that was a, I guess, an easier series for us, you could say. But as I kind of previewed, I think in Instagram, I don't think I made um, a podcast episode for that. We had a tough time, not a tough time, but we had a tough series um, going into it. It looked like it was going to be tough. Facing their pitching because they had Pablo Lopez who has an ERA under three in game one and then of course Sandy Alcantara in game three and so I knew game two would probably be ours but I was really worried if our offense could overcome the uh the pitching in game one and three game one our offense definitely overcame it I mean we scored nine runs way threw, through um you know scoreless I mean we got the shutout there overall and so that was an incredible game Nine uh, nothing win there over Pablo Lopez. That was a big win. Tuesday, we won again. Came a little bit, you know, closer. You know, five three game. Um, we scored four runs in one inning. Really, that's what it came down to Dakota Hudson. Uh, just was, was solid as he always is. Got another win for him. Helsley got the save there. But I mean, it wasn't the best pitching from the Marlins in that game. Uh, then game three was the tough one. That was Sandy Alaconstra on the mound. And we looked good early on. Like, we scored three runs early against him. And then Helsley uh, blew it for the first time, I think. I think that was his first blown save. But, I mean, Helsley gave up the home run. We were down to the last strike. It would have been so nice to get a sweep. And it just did not work out. And Sandy Alaconstra went all nine innings. I mean, he gave up three runs and then pitched nine innings. So it's incredible for him. But, yeah, I mean, helsleys he's still good. That's his, that's Helsley's first loss. He's got a .88 ERA. Um, you know, I'm not worried about Helsley. We got two wins in the series. It would have been nice to get a sweep, that's for sure. But I still have a lot of confidence in Helsley going forward. Uh, one blown save is not the end of the world. And, you know, he was down to the last strike. He, you know, was one pitch away. The ball barely got over the center field fence. Um, you know, it is what it is. If you're going to lose a game to the Marlins, you're going to lose a game to Sandy Alicantara. Um, would have been really nice to beat him, obviously, but, you know, that's what happened. So we're going to move on. It's all right. Now, in the standings, we do have, um, I believe it is a half game. No, we are one game back still. Um, we had a day of rest. You know, I had a day off here Thursday. And the Brewers did not. And the Brewers are going to keep going. And they're going to play Tuesday as well. Monday, Tuesday, I believe. So we have, you know, we have the rested bullpen. We're ready for this series. The Phillies have not had a day off. The Brewers have not had a day off. I think this is our time to move up. Even though the Brewers do have, you know, the Brewers have a lot more to play. Or excuse me, a lot easier games. They, they play the Pirates and then the Cubs. So it'll be interesting to keep your eye on that. But um, yeah, make sure to come back for the next episode. We are going to talk about Arenado and some of the other um, guys who have the ability to become stars. We're going to talk about the Tyler O'Neals, maybe the Dylan Carlson's of the team. So make sure to come back for that. I will see you guys next time.